Good day, everybody. Happy Thursday. Happy October 15th. Um, happy fall. What, what has made this month happy for you? Let's do a, a mid-month check. What's been good this month for you? You know, there's always room for growth, but bringing out the positive seems to motivate me a little bit more before really reflecting on, yeah, I could have done that better. Because if we, if we focus on the negative first, we tend to get stuck in the negative and just beating ourselves up. I'm always trying to grow. So I've had to learn to change the way I motivate myself. I used to beat myself up all the time. That was the motivational words I used in my head to, and I thought that was the way to want more, but it's not. When you internally beat yourself up, you're really mentally abusing yourself. And mental abuse is brutal um, because there's nobody that is going to save you from that except for yourself. Um, so I try to focus on the positives before I dig into what I could have done better. Like the middle of the month, I mean, it's been crazy. Um, and you know, normally I set a goal for the month. And at the beginning of this month, I just said, God, I'd, I have no idea what you're going to do this month. I didn't, I didn't even set a goal. I was like, I have no idea where you're taking me this month. I was so in the air with my life. In fact, on the 1st of October was just, I thought my life was going to go one way and it completely did not. It completely changed. Um, so I think I kind of knew at the beginning of the month that I just had to let go to God in this one and know he was going to take me something through something very personal. And I know he is because the last week I've been in something that's been pulling on my emotions. I don't know. I have a deeper understanding now because yesterday and last night I really reflected my emotions and I listened to a lot of music and this song came on um and I just started crying it was a definitely a reflection of who I had been and as well as some behaviors I had been displaying up until last month and so I felt Really repentive towards God would be the best way for me to describe it. Because when I started crying, I just, I was telling God I was really sorry for what I had done. And I guess without going into too much detail, you know, I tend to think when I do things, I'm very correct. Um, and usually it comes from a place when I think this, I'm making choices in the mindset of survival, fear, and protecting myself. 
So I'm always in that defense mode, trying to think ahead of the game. That's a hard behavior to let go, a hard mindset. It really has been because sometimes I don't catch it. And somebody pointed it out at the beginning of this month that I was still very much like this. And when I'm like this, I will self-sabotage. I will push people away. When I'm like this, what I'll do in self-sabotaging, and I've done a video on self-sabotaging, but when I'm trying to protect myself and maybe keep people away, and in my mind, I feel like I just don't think like, you know, maybe, you know, it's not good for you to be around me either. That kind of thing. This isn't going to be a purposeful friendship. So what I'll do is I'll back away from the friendship like this and I will put walls up as I back away that are higher and higher and higher and I'll be like there's no chance for you to come back I will make it nearly impossible for people to come back into my life um, if not impossible um, and that's how I self-sabotage many good friendships um, this person pointed it out and this person was right. It made me really think about myself, but I haven't really thought about how that hurt them until yesterday. And it really hit home. So I'm really just in a repentance, a holy repentance with God in the moment. He's showing me some things and I'm deeply reflecting in my life and taking accountability and doing what I need to do to change those mental habits every day. Um, and it's hard. But repenting, being in this repentance with God. Um, I repent different than a lot of people. Um, I don't just let it go. I can't just let it go. I have to recognize in my history where this behavior displayed itself in this particular friendship. And then I have to take accountability and then I have to own it. And then I have to change and I have to change my mind, my heart and my actions until they link up to actually have a true change. I can say sorry to God all I want, but it isn't until I do the change and live it for a while, that it becomes um, a true repentance, as I would call it. Um, I mean, God has already forgiven me, but have I truly changed until I live it? That is so good. So I'm in that in the moment. I'm doing some changing. Um, and... Uh, you know, and I'll be open about it and share it. Changing is hard. I think the hardest thing about this is, you know, um, when I self-sabotage, that's hurtful to other people because they have no idea why I turn around and back out of a friendship. And I don't give an explanation because... I have the ability to walk away 
I do. I've been in relationships where they've locked me in because they had children with me or a relationship with my children and me. And I don't want that. Like, because of that, I use that as an excuse to go, I'm just going to walk away. That's truly what it is. Instead of letting that part of my past go and understanding that's not what's going on here. Um, it can be quite frightening, frightening, fearful. That's where my fear comes from is going through things like that. And this is true, you guys. I want to share both sides. This isn't just me needing to change. This is many people in the world that suffer from self-sabotaging and self-abuse and they don't understand. They actually don't see their behavior. I didn't see my behavior. I didn't see I was actually doing this. I thought I was doing the right thing. I was like, Oh, I thought I was correct in the way I was handling the situation. And I wasn't until somebody told me the truth. And I'm able, I'm in a position in my life to handle the truth, even if I don't like it. Um, because when I don't like it, I know it's true. So I'm in the midst of a repentance and a change. And hopefully... Um, and it will, this too shall pass. It will be like coming out of an emotional struggle. I'll have to go through the emotions of pain, understanding that I hurt somebody, and then just trying to come out of that in happiness and love for myself. But in that, because we've been speaking about forgiveness, um, I've really thought about some things, you guys. I, I wanted to talk about the story of Joseph. I love the story of Joseph. Um, this is where the 12 tribes of Israel came from. This is where we came from, you guys. This is our history I'm reading. Okay. This is our original history. This is where we came from. So I've really dwelled on it. But when I thought about telling you the story of Joseph, I have to give you history on him. I can't just start in the middle of his life and be like, his brothers threw him in a pit and they ended up selling him. But he ended up forgiving them later on because he grew to be the ruler of Egypt. Like, where's the history? You got to give a back history in this. I don't like jumping right in the middle of things. It leaves a lot of blanks and a lot of questions. So I sat and really prayed about it and reflected with God on this. Reading old notes. I want to start at the beginning. I think God wants me to start at the beginning. I know he does because I've just dwelled on it. Um, I want to start at the beginning. And this is where I want to carry my daily breads from chapter by chapter. I'm going to tell you guys how many chapters are in the Bible. Okay. 
There are 929 chapters. That's the Old Testament. Okay. We're just going to start. I don't know where God will take me from this, but we're just going to start at the beginning because we need to. And I'm going to read it directly from my Bible, and then we're going to break down the vocabulary and the behaviors. So that's what I like to do. And I'm reading from the King James Version, you guys. This is the new King James Version. You know, the printing presses, Thomason, Nelson. You know, it was copy copyright in 1982, the year before I was born. Um, you know, it's just a standard Bible. That's all I'm reading from. Um, so... Genesis is the first book of the Bible. We're just going to read chapter one. We're going to break it down. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. The darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. He called the light day and the darkness he called night. So evening and morning were the first day. Now look at this, you guys. Evening and morning were the first day. Okay. It wasn't day and night were the first day. God started with evening into the morning. I just want to point that out. Then God said, let there be firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made firmament, which would be land, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. So he was talking about the oceans and the lakes and the rivers. So God called... I'm wrong, you guys. See? <laughs> I got to look up that word. I thought he was talking about land. It's the heavens. Firmament. Firmament. But biblical cosmology. Cosmology. The firmament is the vast solid dome created by God in the second day to divide the primal sea into the upper and lower portions so that dry land could appear. Okay, so he gave the space for land to be. That was firmament. So I was correct. So it was space to place land. And God called the firmament heaven. Hmm. That space, you guys, above the waters, it's called heaven. This is interesting. This is why you can always find more in the Bible. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Again, evening and morning. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered 
together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and gathering together of the waters he called the seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields the fruit according to its kind, who seed itself on earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed its is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So he was making all the, you know, the plant plants and the herbs able to reproduce on their own to continue life. He started with vegetation and made them able to uh, procreate throughout this world. Quite interesting. So the evening and the morning, there was the third day. Then God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let there be for signs and seasons for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on earth and it was so then God made two great lights the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night he made the stars also God set them on the firmament of the heavens and gave the light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and divide the light was the darkness, and God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, Let the waters abound with abundance of living creatures, and let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, in which the waters abound according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and morning were the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to its kind cattle and the creeping things and the beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, the cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, not only this, when God says, create man in our image, he was speaking about more than just himself and his Holy Spirit. I've, you know, there has been mention in texts that, you know, Jesus was there all along, you know, um, that this had already been planned out the whole world. And so, uh, in our image, it's not just a physical image, what God is speaking of. It's the heart image, the heart posture. God wanted to create man to have the heart posture that Jesus displayed when he came to be the living example of how to love and how to live. 
Jesus was the heart posture. Jesus was the example. So when it talks about creating man in our image, and I see a lot of things online, well, who says that God is white? And there's a lot of things that get brought up that bring up uh, skin color. It has nothing to do with skin color. It has nothing to do with actual shape. It has to do with the shape of your heart shape of your behavior, the drive of your values. Um, here's God creating things and blessing them to be free and multiply and making them able to sustain on their own. God wanted man to have the same heart posture, grow things, love things, give value to things, bless them. And don't take my name in vain that one in so it, it starts again at verse 27 so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them then god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on earth and god said i see i have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you it shall be for food also to every beast on the earth to every bird in the air to everything that creeps in the earth in which there is life i have given every green herb for food and it was so then god saw everything that he made and indeed it was very good so the evening and the morning were the sixth day and that is chapter one now what catches me the most about this chapter is the heart posture created in his image um the fact that he set everything on earth that was to feed us that was to sustain us and verse two the earth was without form and void darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of the god was hovering over the face of the waters you know, this was the beginning of our lives, our history, the world. Um, but you can also consider this, you know, the beginning of your life when you wake up to God. I felt this in chapter two. I was the earth. I was without form and I was void and there was a darkness in me. And... God was just hoovering, waiting for me to wake up. This is what I felt like. I felt very void in my life. And then God started working on me. He took me through a process. He took me through waking up to the world, waking up to creation, to nature, to trees, to what was created for me, to love and value everything. To understand what my heart posture was. He woke me up to that. That I was created in his image. That And Jesus was my example and I needed to learn from him. Um, he showed me these things. He showed me that, you know, how to rest on the seventh day. How to appreciate the animals. Um, but a lot of people get caught up in that created in his own image because they see these pictures of, 
You know, the famous one is Jesus knocking on the door where there's no doorknob on the outside. That's metaphorical too. And a lot of you, I wish I could pull it up on this screen, but I can't. But it is Jesus standing outside. It looks like a cottage door and there's shrubbery around it and he's knocking. There's no doorknob. And you start to wonder, why is there no doorknob? Because we have to let Jesus in. He can't just come into our lives. God will not force himself into our lives. Um, you have to let him in. Uh, but when it talks about created in his own image, that is why they called Jesus the living example, the bread of life. He was the living word because he was as well showing us how we were created in the image of God. Our behaviors, our mindset, our heart posture should all be matching the way Jesus walked this earth. And ask yourself that. Do you know how Jesus walked this world? Do you know what your purpose is? Have you ever thought about what your purpose is? Let's talk about that. When you talk about heart posture and you talk about values, this is, this is where I started searching deeper in my values. I remember a man asking women, what values do you bring to the table of a relationship? And there was a woman who goes, I cook and clean. I think I'm good. And he goes, that's not values. He goes, those are all good things that's not a value. And I sat back and this was all online. And I really thought about that. I was like, huh? And he goes, where's the exceptional women? He said this and he ticked a lot of women off. He goes, where's the exceptional women? I know you're out there. And I sat there looking at him on his live going, I'm exceptional. I know I'm exceptional. There's something in me that makes me different. And that different is what makes me exceptional. But what is it? Because I mean, I was looking at my addiction history of myself. So it kept holding me down and blinding me from seeing the good that I had inside. No, I didn't see, you know, the years that I served as a good woman, the years I was a good mother, like I was so blinded to what I had inside by my addiction. All I could do was focus on the negative. And this is why at the beginning I told you, don't start by ever focusing on the negative because that'll sink your ship so quick. And I did those things. Every time I thought about what was good about me, the first thing I thought of was, well, Christine, you were an alcoholic for how many years? How many times have you been arrested and in jail? Huh? How many times in treatment? Your kids were in foster care for how long? Um, you relapsed? Uh, all of these things. You had an affair? That was a big one. Christine, look at, look at you. And I, I would always get stuck in those negative things to where I couldn't see be 
deeper and be like, I was married young, but I was a good mom. I devoted my life to my kids. I cooked dinners. I cooked lunches. I took care of the home. I was an exceptional, exceptional mother. Um, you know, when it came to the wife part, I wasn't. I didn't give my all into my marriage, and I could admit that. But I didn't love him. So deep down, I'm glad I didn't. And I'm okay with that. For those of you wondering, though, if it isn't God-ordained, certain things God does truly go, yeah, I didn't want that for you. That was a personal choice. Now that's just something you're going to have to forgive in yourself and know that I didn't want that for you. What I have for you is further on in life. Um, so divorce was okay in that situation. There's each situation has to be looked at separately. Um, cause even my divorce, I really struggled with that in the biblical eyes of the world. It was wrong. Like I should be trying, but I had to get over that because it was not healthy. So, you know, even that I was always a good person too. Um, I met a woman last year that knew me from a few years back. She goes, don't you remember me? You gave me a ride and you were, you were speaking motivational to me and it was uplifting. And I was like, and she, she was reminding me of when it was. And it was at the worst part of my addiction. I was probably highly intoxicated. She was so happy to see me. And all I could think of was, oh, man. Can't believe I was drunk. I was drunk for so much of that part of my life. I don't know if I had a sober moment. But I had to step out of that thinking and getting stuck about the drinking and realize, she, you know, she liked my presence drunk or not, I was still a good person in my heart and I did my best to do the right thing. So, you know, I had to see beyond my behaviors, my addiction, those shortcomings. And I had to start looking at what values I had. What values? That's when I started digging. That's when I started really, really looking at my heart posture, you know, what did I have to bring to the table in this world? What strengths do I have? What do I need to work on? Those were the things. Um, and back then, I was just blindly trying to educate myself. I didn't have the Bible. I wasn't in church. I didn't have any real valuable friends, to be honest. I mean, I knew people, but they were living their own lives. Um, oh. So this very first chapter is just like, it's just the beginning, guys. And when God created things, he didn't just, if you notice the process of how God created things, let's just break down the process. It was one thing at a time. 
God didn't go, I'm going to make land, water, the stars and the moon all at once. No, God didn't hurry up either. God is showing us that good things take time. He's showing me too. He's really showing me this because I'm going through some stuff in my life that is honestly triggering me to stop in fear and back away. You know, I'm, I'm in a, a juncture, a crossroad in my life where I can either trust in God and trust the process and allow good things to build and take their time. Or I can do the old Christine way and just do it my way and just isolate, put up the walls and self-sabotage. I'm just going to be honest about it. That's, that's where I'm at at a crossroads in my life. And I say it like this bluntly because many of us, Many of us, if not all of us in addiction, suffer from this self-sabotage. We do. That's why we use a substance to cope. That itself is self-sabotaging. Using a substance to cope will put those walls up to keep people away. You do it because then people will leave you alone. And look, I was right. I, nobody wants to be around me because look at me. I'm not good enough. That's the mindset. Okay, an addict will isolate and justify isolating themselves when people don't want to be around them and they will feel all alone because that has become the normal. Like addiction will make abnormal very, very normal. And I've, I've become very normal with being alone in my life. Um, too comfortable. So God is trying to work me out of that. But every once in a while I hit this juncture and I try to turn around. But God is making me aware of my behavior. I'm going, no, no, Christine. No, 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 no. He'll be like, I need to turn you around and you need to just keep me in focus and just trust that I have you. And it's all right. Don't be scared. But when you look at this process in the very first chapter, this is how God creates everything. And if he's doing this for the birds, imagine what he does with our hearts and our souls. Okay. Um, I got to pick a verse. I want to pick a verse while I'm thinking about it. I'm going to pick verse two. That's what I'm going to pick. But when you guys think about the process, God was detailed, okay? And just think, like he started with just a place for everything to be, okay? He had to create light so that things could see. Like he had the process. He was very detailed. Let there be light. Let there be water. Let there be that space, a space between, between the waters and space is what he would call heaven, okay? Metaphorically, you can kind of see what that means to you. 
because I feel moments of feeling in heaven sometimes in my life. There are moments of absolute peace and joy and love and peace. I feel like I'm in heaven. But then I have moments like this where I'm like, ah, God's bringing me forward. God's taking me further. But it's when you, when I feel that, I feel I'm just in a different space than a lot of people. You know, I'm not caught up down in the negative. I'm flying high. Literally, emotionally, I'm flying high to where none of this baggage down here bothers me. I'm just up here like, it's all good. It's all good. So, I mean... So God took his time with everything in detail, even down to creating the plants. Like the plants and the herbs all were able to reproduce on their own. God made that possible so that everything could have food right away. Like he had everything set up before he created the living things so that when they were created, it would just follow instinct and just start living, you know? And even in more detail, imagine the detail God did and spent creating your heart, your heart posture. Look at Jesus. We're all capable of walking like Jesus. The only thing is we all have lived in sin, okay? But once you went through the repentance, and you change those behaviors, you are very well capable of living like Jesus with the heart posture, living your purpose, loving others, uh, living and speaking the word. You are very capable of it. I'm doing it and I'm not that good at it. Okay. I mean, I'm just kind of doing it, doing it on my, I'm doing it with God. Of course. But I don't have another person here guiding me, guiding me. I only have God. But I have the example of Jesus, which I've really educated myself in many different ways of how Jesus lived, how Jesus died, how he did it, what it was like. So that I have, you know, have the knowledge to do my best moving forward. And you guys, this life is a lot easier than the one I used to live, to be honest. So we are all very capable of living like Jesus. But imagine, okay, God's creating you. Imagine he sat there going, let's go, Adam, Adam, you're going to be the first man. I think God already knew some things were going to go down. Just to be honest, God's like, you know, you're starting it out. You're going to be setting the example. You're starting mankind. I have, I know you're going to do exactly what you're supposed to do to get this world going. And I will love you anyway, but you're going to have a loving heart that loves the animals. You're going to tend the garden I give you. You're just going to be loving. You're just going to enjoy life. You're going to have unlimited food. 
fruit and veggies, all that you want that I've made for you. Now he's talking to me, Christine, you can have whatever you want. You have farm fresh eggs. You can make your cookie dough that you love. Yeah. I even brought gojo berries to your town. I know they're rare, but I know that you love them and they're true to your soul. I've made that possible for you. And honey, you have locally grown honey. I know that it's sweet to your lips like my words. And you're going to love people unconditionally and let them be who they are. But you're going to live my word. And you're going to make mistakes. And you're going to mispronounce words. And you're not going to always get the meaning. And you're going to have to use your phone to find definitions. But you're going to show people that we are not perfect. Stuff like that, you guys. That's how God talks. It's so tender. God is a tender, tender, tender God. God has never, ever been angry at me. And I've done things, you guys. When I self-sabotage, I'm rejecting God's love. That's what self-sabotage does. You reject love that God is trying to bring you through people, places, and things. Okay? So when these good people come into my life, and I push them away out of fear and limited understanding and lack of communication, um, I'm rejecting what God is bringing to my life, which is loving, which is God's love. That's hurtful. Imagine your child, you planned this birthday, and you have this amazing gift you've been waiting all month to give them. And they walk in, they see you, they see the party, they see the gifts. And they go, I don't want it. And they walk out and they go hang out with other people. How hurtful is that? God feels things, you guys. We have all hurt him a lot and if you don't think you've never heard him and you don't think he feels things uh but look at yourself we are mate made in his image if you feel pain and suffering believe that god is down there feeling it with you he knows he's there jesus felt pain and suffering and he had the kingdom of god within him so you guys, that is chapter one, the verse of the day. I absolutely love this one. This is that song by Lanko. 
It's called Born to Love You. And it actually speaks of this song first right here. If I remember, I will post it. I always say I'm going to post music and then I forget. I try not to do that. So the verse of the day is, The earth was without form and void. The darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. You guys, this can talk about us spiritually. This is us when we are spiritually dead and numb in this world, when we are lost. You know, I heard somebody last night speaking, My heart is empty. This person said that, and it caught my attention. Like This person goes, I have a void in my heart. And my first, this person goes, do you know what it is? And it, this person wasn't speaking to me. I was actually watching um, something online. And my first thought was, you need God. That's your void. You can only fill that void with God. Because see, I know I lived that void. I was searching. I knew that summer in 2018, something was missing in my life. And it was something I had, I didn't know. It was something greater than myself. And I went searching. I didn't know where to begin. So I started with motivational things. Fearless motivation was like, my go-to for a long time. It still is. I love it. I love the music they come out with. Um, I love to watch um, the stories of people who have came from the worst, worst life circumstances and they've made something of themselves. But I remember knowing that there was something wrong with me. There was more to life than what I felt, which was void and empty, just like it says in that verse two. I looked at myself, I was void and empty. I was working a job that I didn't want to see myself working at my whole life. I was looking at my past, which I didn't know what I was gonna do with that. But as I look back now, and when I finally, you know, found God and he found me, and I allowed him in. He took those things. He took my addiction and he made it something into a success in my life. I never thought I would look at my addiction that way. My poor choices became something that I can use as content and examples for other people who also make poor choices because we all make poor choices. It's inevitable. That's life. But God took all those ugly things that used to hold me down and they're lifting me up. Don't fear them. I embrace them. And I share them. Um, so that verse means a lot to me. It does. Because I see myself in the beginning. When I finally started seeing myself and I wasn't wasn't filling my life up with distractions or drinking to cope. Like I actually just started seeing, you know, what, this is my life. This isn't good enough for me. There's more, but it was a process. 
just like in the beginning, God took his tender time creating this world for us. It wasn't just in one day. I'm sure with the snap of the fingers, God could have created the whole world at once. But see, God enjoys processes too. He enjoys doing things with love. He has taught me that. That's why I don't own a microwave. I enjoy taking the time preparing dinner every night. That's my thing. I love it. I love making everything from scratch. It's just, that's just part of my life. And I just enjoy it. Um, same thing with God. He enjoyed creating everything and he took his time. He didn't rush anything. There was no need to rush because good things take time. Just as within each one of us, this is why our journeys are so unique. It takes time. It takes time to come out of pain and suffering and the consequences of our choices to start rebuilding to who we truly are. That takes time. You know, it's been quite a few years since I've been trying to, you know, fill that void. But just in really recreating a new life, it's taken a year. And that was a solid year I've dedicated my life to this, you guys. I dedicated my life. That was it. I was tired of messing around. I put both feet in. And I said, let's go. And it took me a year. A year to create a new life and live it. So you guys, there is the beginning. The process. Um... I invite you to get a Bible and really depict these words apart. Read it. Ask God to read it with you. And I, I truly mean that. God showed me these verses that, I, that really stand out to me. God showed me the process. He showed me in my mind in a way that only God can. It was like when I allowed God to... You know, I surrendered my flesh, which I didn't have a lot of resistance. I wasn't tense. I actually sat there and I was like, you know, I read it, I read it, I read it. And eventually it became a flow where I, I started really clicking with the words. The words started clicking in my brain like this. And while my brain was doing this, my heart was fluttering. And it was starting to all like this and it clicked. It was a realization of, I understand what it means. I get it now. It isn't just words put together to me, but it took reading it quite a few times, you know, to really, really get it. So you guys, there's the first chapter. Tomorrow we'll do the second chapter. A recap of today. I'm in repentance. And... It takes me a lot of reflecting. Holy repentance, you guys. You have to, and this happens for every moment that I've realized that I've done something wrong. This has been going on for quite a while. You know, there'll be moments brought to my attention that I really need to sit and think about it. So with this one situation in my life, I have to think of every moment I ever did this to really start realizing where I thought I was right, I was actually wrong. And then I have to start correcting 
my day-to-day behavior. And it's not something most people notice. A lot of people see me and they're like, you're a kind person, you're this and you're that. Because it's in a controlled setting. I don't let a lot of people close to me. But this is specifically, you know, for people who have tried to get close to me and I've rejected them. Um, God's just trying to bring down a wall of pride. That's another thing is I have some foolish pride in me still residing deep. That was the song that I realized, oh man, it's called Foolish Pride. And I realized I have a lot of foolish pride. It is foolish and I'm very prideful and it's wrongly placed pride. It's wrongly created and it's holding me back. So I have to address it, but I have to address it honestly, recognize it, take accountability, own it, and I have to change the mindset, I have to change my heart, and I have to change my behavior every day. I have to live this for a while to show, really show God that I'm making the effort to change. So it takes time. Good things take time, you guys. So I hope this inspires you to really, if you don't have a Bible, get one. Um, I really invite you to start listening to somebody reading it and then read the word yourself. It really, really helps you grow to understand the Bible deeply. So you guys have a happy Thursday. I know I spoke a challenge earlier and I forgot it. I did that yesterday and I did two different challenges. I was listening to it like I couldn't believe I forgot. But uh, do a mid-month reflection, you guys. Reflect and watch how you reflect. Do you instantly go to the negative or do you think about a positive? Really set a structure in how you reflect. Watch where your mind goes when you start reflecting on things. Do you instantly go for the bad? then you need to reprogram your mind to think about some good things first. Otherwise, you get too caught up in the negative and you you get lost in it. And then you get stuck in the emotions and then you're beating yourself up. And then you don't even, you're not even rewarding yourself for doing anything good because there's always growth, you guys. We're always changing. We're always growing. There's always something positive. So I love you guys. Have a happy Thursday and God bless.